Good morning. Today is Wednesday, December 23rd, 2020. The suspense is high as we get to our Parsha. When will Yosef reveal himself to his brothers? What is he waiting for? In last week's Parsha, <coughs> excuse me, in last week's Parsha, Yosef said to his brothers, they still did not recognize him. He said to them, Bring Binyamin. Once I see Binyamin is here, then I'll know that you're telling the truth. It seems to be, at least on the level of the reading of the text, uh, a credibility issue. You said you had a, a young son at home. Bring him here and I'll see if you're telling the truth. But they bring Binyamin and he still does not reveal himself. So clearly... Yosef is waiting for some perfect moment to reveal himself. He is waiting for some alignment of events or developments to occur. And then he is going to reveal himself. But what is it? And then, at the end of last week's Parsha, Yosef arranges a very strange thing. And remember, Binyamin is the youngest brother. Binyamin is the only brother that he has from his mother. The only brother that did not participate in all the terrible things that happened to Yosef. So of all the brothers, the one that he should care about the most. At the end of last week's Parsha, the end of Miketz, Yosef lets all the brothers leave. And then he frames Binyamin. He has his own workers secretly place a valuable silver goblet in Yosef's bag. And he has the officers, the soldiers run after them and stop them and accuse them of stealing, which of course they did not do. Now, at the moment that they're accused of stealing, the brothers had no idea for, I mean, they certainly knew that they had not stolen, but certainly had not no idea that something valuable had been placed in Binyamin's bag. And so the brothers say, God forbid that we should even do such a thing. And they say, If you would find something valuable in one of our bags because they know that it's not true. If you know something is not true, you could make an extravagant offer or a threat. Mace, that person should be killed. I mean, that's extreme. The idea that from a point of view of justice, a person who steals a, a silver goblet should be killed, but they can make such an extravagant uh, um, statement because they know it's not possible. We will also be your slaves. All of us will be your slaves. Of course, even if someone did steal, the others did not steal. To say one person should be killed and the others will all be slaved is a complete exaggeration. But they say that because they know it's not true. Once you know something's not true, you can, you can offer anything. Yosef responds to them. And he says, no, that's not what's going to happen. The one who stole from me will be my servant. 
Vatem Nikiim, and you'll go home. Which is ironic because it makes what Yosef says sounds more reasonable, more just. Person that stole, there's a penalty. The others go free. So in the brother's eyes at this moment, remember they don't know this is Yosef, and they don't know that anything was planted in Binyamin's bag. Yosef appears reasonable and appears to be moved by justice. When, of course, we who know the story see him right now as a very monstrous, horrible person. That's all before the vessel is found. Then the Torah says, end of last week's parsha, Vayimatze Hagvia Bamtachas Binyamin. Then they find this silver goblet in the bag of Binyamin. So now all of a sudden it's not theoretical. Now it has happened. How it got there is secondary to the fact that they are all in big trouble. And this is the point where Yehuda becomes the spokesperson. Up until now, it was just the brothers. At this moment, it's the last paragraph of last week's parsha. Yehuda becomes the spokesperson. And listen to Yehuda's words. Vayomer Yehuda. Yehuda says, Manomer Ladoni, what can we say to you, our master? We have nothing to say. We have nothing to justify ourselves. God has revealed our sin. We are all your slaves. Binyamin is a slave. All of us were your slaves. Now, first of all, notice, of course, once there is actually a gold, a silver goblet in Binyamin's bag, nobody's talking about killing anybody because that was an exaggeration when they thought it was impossible. Once it's actually happened, so now there's got to be a consequence. Yehuda's consequence is we will all be your slaves. Now, it would seem to me if I was Yosef, this is the moment when I would reveal myself. Because what is Yosef waiting for? Well, presumably he's waiting for the brothers to admit that they were wrong all those years ago in selling him. And Yehuda says these words, God has found the sin that we committed. What sin? the sin of selling our brother all those years ago. So Yehuda, on behalf of his brothers, is confessing to the sin of selling Yosef. Isn't that what Yosef is, is, is waiting for? To, to have them admit that what they did was wrong and terrible? It would seem to me that's the moment when, Yehuda should, when Yosef should have revealed himself, but he does not. Instead, Yosef repeats his claim. Yosef says the same thing he said before. The one in whose bag the stolen object was found, he will be my slave. You go back home, you're free. That's the same thing that Yosef said before. Again, Yosef appears 
to be saying something that is reasonable and just. Of course, from our point of view, we realize just how monstrous this is because Yosef has um, arranged all of this to happen. And still we have this question, why, why has Yosef not <coughs> at this moment revealed himself? Now we come to our parsha. Vayiga love Yehuda. Now Yehuda, who is firmly the spokesperson of the family, he approaches Yosef. And basically he gives a long speech where he goes over the whole story. We have a family in Egypt. Our father is old. We have a young brother. We came for food. You didn't trust us. You told us to come back with the younger brother. We told our father. Our father didn't want us to come back with the young brother because something had happened to his other brother. And, but we're running out of food. So he said to our father, the only way we're going to get food is if we bring our young brother. And now we brought our young brother. We did what you said. And if you keep our younger brother, Binyamin, you will absolutely destroy our father. Vi'ata, and now Yehuda says, Yeshevna Abducha Tachasanar. Let me be your slave, Yehuda says. Vahanar Yalimachav, and let the one, the boy, Binyamin, go home. Of all of the different possibilities as to what the punishment should be, this is the least just, the least reasonable. I mean, justice means the one who did it gets punished. The others go free. Yehuda is saying, the one who is guilty goes free. One who is innocent is punished. And somehow... Those are the magic words. Somehow that's the moment that brings everything Yosef was working toward into position. All of this time, Yosef was trying to reach this moment, to orchestrate this moment. Yosef this is the moment where Yosef could not hold himself back. He removes everyone else from the room and he says to his brothers, Ani Yosef, I am Yosef. Why is this the moment? Of all of the different possibilities of what could have happened as a result of the stolen goblet, why is Yehuda's statement, which is the least just, the least reasonable, why is that the moment and not before when Yosef reveals himself? That is the moment when Yosef realizes that Yehuda, who had been at the forefront of arranging for the sale had done such a terrible, terrible thing. Not considering Yosef's feelings and not considering his father's feelings of making up a story that he had been killed. But you know, since that time, Yehuda has been through a lot. 
Yehuda went through a narrative with Tamar. Yehuda went through other narratives. He himself had gone through very difficult times. And finally, at this moment, Yehuda substitutes himself for Binyamin. That is the moment when Yosef sees that the narrative has come full circle. Yehuda, as a result of his own life experiences, his own mistakes, has recreated himself into someone else, to someone who will not let their father suffer. Someone who will not let harm become his brother. In this case, Binyamin. That's the moment Yosef was waiting for. And that's the moment Yosef had worked for years to orchestrate. And that's the moment that he reveals himself. Because here's the key. Yosef is not motivated by revenge. He's not motivated by the satisfaction that he is the greatest and the sons have to come bowing down to him. The brothers have to come bowing down to him. Yes, that's part of the unfolding, but that's not what Yosef is looking for. Yosef wants to prevent his father Yaakov from ever again feeling that something terrible has happened to his children. He wants to prevent Yaakov's suffering. He wants to prevent his brothers from ever lying to their father. And most of all, he wants to help Yehuda grow into becoming the leader that the Jewish people will need him to lead from that time until the present. That is the moment when, using Aviva Zornberg's words, the paradigm of responsibility and leadership becomes Yehuda. And that's the moment that Yehuda is selected as our role model for our most essential identity. We are given his name. We are called Judah, Yehudim, because we're given the task of living up to his name. And it was necessary. It only happened because Yosef brought it out. Without Yosef, Yehuda never would have reached that. Yehuda's name contains this meaning because while the name Yehuda has within it the root word of hodah, to give thanks, to give praise, it also has the root word of modah, to admit, to confess. Later on in the Torah, at the end of Yaakov's life, Yaakov will address his son Yehuda and will say to him, Yehuda, ata yoducha achecha. Which literally means, Yehuda, your brothers praise you. You have to ask yourself, you think the brothers are praising Yehuda? Yehuda got them in a lot of trouble. Yehuda was the one suggested first killing Yosef, then selling Yosef, all, then lying to their father. All the difficulties and the pain and the dissolution of the family. Yehuda made a lot of mistakes. He did a lot of things wrong. The brothers did not praise Yehuda because of his actions. Yehuda, ata yoducha achecha. Yehuda, your brothers praise you 
because of your admissions, because you accepted that you made mistakes and you fixed them. They praised that he admitted his mistakes and he took responsibility for them. That is the secret of leadership. The truest praise of someone is not their ability to be infallible because that just doesn't happen. It's not realistic. The truest praise of someone is their ability to admit their faults, to take responsibility. That is what is required for effective leadership. And that never would have happened without Yosef. Had Yosef revealed himself a minute earlier or a minute later, Yehuda would have been left in this mediocre category of one who had done wrong and had not yet taken full responsibility. Yosef brings out the best in Yehuda by waiting for this line, I put myself in Binyamin's place. Don't hurt the boy. I'm responsible. That's the moment Yosef was working for. So although there is this tremendous suspense in drama, it is for a purpose. It is orchestrated. Yosef does manipulate his brothers and his family to get to a certain point, but it is not selfish. It is not for his own benefit. It's for the benefit of his father Yaakov, and it's for the benefit of his brother Yehuda. And ultimately, it is the benefit for the Jewish people because it is Yehuda that will go on to be the father of Davidic line of kings that will be the leaders of the Jewish people. Not perfect, but charged with the responsibility of taking responsibility for their actions. That is what Yehuda shows us. That is what Yosef brings about. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.